Before we begin this podcast covering night four of New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax Tournament, I would like to have a moment of silence for my friend and your friend, the stuffed animal Daryl Takahashi, who was viciously taken from us by Bad Luck Fale, otherwise known as Cat Killer the Fale. And so, before we begin, we will have a brief moment of silence. Thank you. The World Wrestling Federation, for over 50 years. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. It is appropriate to play Hiromu Takahashi's theme after the events of what happened in Night 4. And so, before I dive into my review, we've had our moment of silence, but now I must deliver the eulogy to while Daryl Takahashi's theme plays. Yes, Daryl's theme, because we know it was his theme as well. Poor Daryl. He was a cat. A stuffed animal. A stuffed cat that we all loved. He came into our hearts really out of nowhere when Hiromu Takahashi lost the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship and came out with Daryl instead. Daryl's presence has become a normal part of Hiromu Takahashi's matches to the point of where he would even do guest commentary with the Japanese announcers and wave at the English announcers and even in the G1 special in USA when he would dance to Tetsuya Naito's theme. Oh Daryl, we have loved you and you have come into our hearts through the television screen and we thank you and we really hope that Bad Luck Fale is, receives payback, payback for this injustice, a horrendous, a horrendous death of Daryl. As we know, cats have nine lives, and maybe Fallade took eight of them. We hope we will see you again, Daryl. We miss you, and we love you. So, that's the story coming out of this. Poor Daryl. 
Oh, Daryl. Poor Daryl Takahashi. Bit bad luck, Fale. Well, he was not very nice on this card. He hurt poor Daryl. But we'll get to that. Our opening matchup of the night was Kota Ibushi and Togi Makabe and David Finley versus Tomohiro Ishii, or Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Ghetto. And uh, it ended when Finley pinned Ghetto after a stunner. Uh, this was a pretty good match, just a good little back and forth uh, match here. I'm going to let uh, Takahashi's theme play out again on this one because we got to honor Daryl. So, uh, not a bad match. Uh, they are really, really trying to hint at Ibushi and Ishii. That, that's going to be a sick match at uh, Night 5. I know it's already happened. I'm a bit late in reviewing, but that's because I had a very busy day yesterday and I didn't get a chance to watch it until today. So, uh, I have no idea what happened with Night 5 yet, but that's okay. Uh, so, Finley won this match. It was not bad. Nothing too exciting. Uh, Goto and Maccabee is going to be really good. The English commentary did a good job saying this might be the match where Goto loses his first match in the G1 this year because he's been doing so well and he doesn't seem to perform well under super pressure. At least that's the story that's being told. So, uh, I like where they're going with that. Uh, it makes sense if you ask me, with how Goto's career has gone. He always seems to just miss the big one, although he did win the Never Openweight Championship from Shibata at Wrestle Kingdom this uh, previous January, which was great. And they said he finally won the big one there, and that is true. So we'll have to see who wins. Uh, I can't see Maccabee going down with another loss yet, uh, but I could see Goto winning still and going 3-0. Uh, and We'll have to see. Uh, I, I know those of you listening to this probably already know the results of Night 5, so you're just going to be hearing my predictions based off it, and you might think, oh, this guy's foolish, but that's okay. The next match was Zack Sabre Jr. and El Desperado against Yoshihashi and Jado, and uh, El, El Desperado won when he beat uh, Jado with the Angel's Wings. Uh, there wasn't much to this match, except for uh, Zack Sabre Jr., just out-wrestling everybody with the submission holds. It was actually really cool. I thought he was going to tap Jado out when he caught him with like a flying armbar or flying tri triangle, and uh, Desperado was trying to keep Yoshihashi back, but that ended up not working out. Uh, the match ended after, like, as I already said, Desperado hit the Angel Wings, but the Angel's Wings, sorry. But Zack Sabre Jr. had Yoshihashi wrapped up in his uh, crazy submission uh, with the ridiculously long name. I'm actually going to look it up because it's so funny, but uh, I bear with me here while I look it up. I, I didn't think of that before I uh, started recording. I would have had it open otherwise. But th the submission game of Zack Sabre Jr. is unreal. He's very unique. You never really know what he's going to do. When he has a, that match with Bad Luck Fale, that's going to be really, really interesting. I, I, it's just because of the size difference, and I wonder if he can uh, tie him up. It's going to be neat. But that name of that octopus hold that he does is one of the funniest names I've ever heard for a wrestling move. Here it is. Hurrah! Another year. Surely this one will be better than the last. The inexorable merch of progress will lead us all to happiness. That is so great. And I know it's named after, uh, I believe, a band or a, a line from a song. Sorry, it's an EP uh, released by a band uh, in 2004. But... Nonetheless, even if you didn't know that, the name is quite, quite funny. 
I, I, I look at that and I think that's a great name for a move that probably no one will ever remember because it's so long, but it's great. Uh, next up was Yuji Nagata and uh, Tomiyuki Oka against Hiroshi Tanahashi and Ketsuya Kitamura. Kitamura blech. See, tongue-tying is a, a skill of mine. It's something that happens frequently. So get used to me doing that. I apologize. Uh, but yes... This match was actually very good. Uh, I really liked the uh, the interactions between Oka and uh, Kitamura. That it was like these two guys are really trying to show off for the veterans, and uh, they they really shown in this match or shined or whatever you want to say. Uh, but Tanahashi and Oka kind of got into it a little bit. Uh, Oka kept hitting him when he was on the apron, and Tanahashi got visibly upset, and then just hit him with a killer dropkick once he got tagged in, uh, which, uh, you know, that's the receipt that Don Callis was talking about. You don't mess with Tanahashi like that. And uh, both these guys came across as stars, Kitamura and uh, Oka. And of course, Nagata and Tanahashi made them look great. And the, that's, they're building to Nagata and Tanahashi for the match, uh, on the next night, and that's going to be a great match because it's just two veterans who know what they're doing in the ring. But the real stars of that match were Oka and uh, Kitamura, and uh, Nagata pinned Kitamura after hitting a Saito suplex. Um, one really great spot in the match was when Nagata was going to lock the armbar on Tanahashi, but uh, uh, blah, but uh, Kitamura interfered and stopped it from happening, and the crowd booed because they wanted to see the armbar. I thought that was pretty neat, and a nice little hint at what's going to happen in the match. Nagata's going to, of course, of course, going to work over the arm, the injured arm of Tanahashi, and Tanahashi's going to try to be quicker than him. The, oh, the next match. This is where the tragedy occurred. Lawson Gobernopolis to Hapan, Tetsuya Naito, Bushi, and Hiromu Takahashi against Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi, the Bullet Club. Well, Bad Luck Fale, when it went to the outside of the ring, threw Naito onto the Japanese announcer's table, sat on the guardrail with his foot on Naito's neck, grabbed Daryl, and ripped him in half. This was horrible. I don't think I've ever been more emotionally invested in what happened to a stuffed cat. I want Naito to kill him on, on the next show. Like, that that's how uh, much they got Daryl over, and we all like Daryl. I really want Naito to beat Bad Luck Fale and get revenge for Hiromu. And uh, the ending of this match was rather interesting. Uh, the ref was distracted, and... Naito launched Chase Owens into the air and then booted him in the name of the last WWE pay-per-view, WWE GBOF. That's where he booted him. And he dropped and then he pinned him. So qu quite the finish. And poor Hiromu Takahashi left in what looked to be tears over this poor cat. And he received much sympathy on you know, the internet and on Twitter and all over the place. Uh, the rage directed towards Bad Luck Fale was real. And, of course, Bad Luck Fale is a killer heel, so he played into it on Twitter just to make people more angry. So Naito's, without question, the babyface going into that match. 
but uh, I poor 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 Daryl. Oh man, I felt so bad for uh, for Hiromu Takahashi after that. They made him one of the most sympathetic baby faces in wrestling after that. Next up was the B block matches: uh, Toru Yano against Satoshi Kojima, and uh, of course Yano tries to cheat all over the place, and you know he's all his crazy shenanigans, and Kojima's trying to brawl with him and hit lariats and elbows and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Yano got a bit of a comeback. Kojima hit a lariat, and then he went for another, but Yano grabbed the ref, and then in the confusion, he low-blowed Kojima, and then threw the ref at him again, and as the ref was turned around, low-blow Kojima a second time, rolled him up, and got a surprise win. So this is what we were talking about at the start, how Yano is going to get a few spoiler wins here and there, and uh, he got a spoiler win over Kojima. He's done it against uh, Suzuki and others before in previous years. Uh, I think he even has a win over, uh, is it Tanahashi or Okada? But I can't remember uh, after doing that. Next up was Evil and Juice Robinson. This was an awesome match. This was very, very good. It started a bit slow. But by the end, uh, they completely had the crowd. They got crazy heat for by the kind of, well, let's say the upper half of the match. The first half was a nice little slow build, and then they once they started going into the false finishes and big spots, the crowd got very, very hot. And uh, the, I mean, the power bomb that he hit on, uh, Juice hit on Evil, um, the crowd went nuts when he did it. It was really, really great. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, after he went that, he went for a pulp friction. Evil countered, hit a German suplex. Robinson got back up, and they hit each other with some spots. They both go for finishers, and then Evil uh, hit a dragon suplex. So just great, great stuff. And he finally blasted him with an STO, and that was it. Uh, Evil won after that. And really, this is one of the... Probably the best ma- one of the best matches of uh, Juice Robinson's career. Very, very, very good. Uh, I really liked it, and I cannot, cannot recommend this match enough. The crowd was really into it, and it was a very, very, very good match. Next up was the scariest man in wrestling, Minoru Suzuki against Sonata. And Sonata took it to him right at the start of the match, hitting with lots of crazy forearms, and just you know, smashing him with these. And, but Suzuki no-sold it, and then kind of got angry and started uh, attacking again, and they brawled all around ringside, like typical Suzuki gun stuff. Uh, Desperado got interfered, uh, or interfered with uh, choking him with a chair and stuff like that. I don't really like all the interference with Suzuki gun. It's overdone. It shouldn't be done in every match. If you're going to do it, do it just every now and then, not every match. But... Anyways, they got back in the ring, and Sonata started to get back at it by drop-kicking Suzuki in the leg twice. And then uh, Sonata kept going with uh, other moves. He kept trying for the Paradise Lock that tie Suzuki up and uh, leave him lying there in the ring, you know, like he can't get out. It's a very lucha move. And Suzuki countered with an arm bar, an arm bar twice. Uh, Sonata... Finally, though, was able to lay him out and lock it in on the third attempt, uh, including countering the armbar, the second armbar. So Suzuki came back with uh, a sleeper, though, and go, went for a gotch pile driver, but Sonata powered out. Sonata, Sonata landed a TKO, but Suzuki, Suzuki came back with a sleeper again and then nailed the gotch pile driver, and he got a much needed 1 2 3. 
Suzuki looked great in this match. Sonata looked great. Not the best match from both men on the sh- on the uh, in the G1 yet, but still a very very good match. Uh, I I would say very very solid in that three and three quarters four star range. I really liked it. Uh, Sonata looked good. Suzuki looked great as always. What amazes me about Suzuki is, despite the fact that he's almost fifty. He is so quick in that ring. He he is so, so fast. He does not look his age. And I mean, eventually he's going to slow down a, a bit, but it doesn't look like he's going to be slowing down anytime soon. Maybe he has slowed down a bit from a few years ago, but he still doesn't look like he's going to. Uh, so next up was probably, thus far, the most emotional match in the G1 with Kenny Omega against Tama Tonga. And I thought this was an excellent match. Very, very good. They didn't really have the crowd at the start of the match. Uh, I'm not really sure why that was, but they got them by the end anyways. So uh, this match started with Tonga just attacking right away. And they fought on the outside, and uh, Tonga uh, put him into the apron and all that kind of stuff. And then Tonga grabbed a mic and cut a promo on the Elite telling Omega to be a part of the Bullet Club rather than the Elite. He's saying, your heart isn't in it, mine is, you're not a leader, and all this kind of stuff. And then they continued the story from the Omega's last match with Suzuki and the tag match from the night before where uh, Tonga worked on the knee. Uh, he landed a, 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 a knee DDT, as uh, Kevin Kelly called it, or a DDT on the knee, and just kept going for that. Uh, then uh, there was a point where Omega hit the ropes and Tonga hit her Karana, and then uh, Tonga ran for the ropes, then Omega hit her uh, Karana, so they exchanged her Karanas back and forth, and then uh, Tonga rolled to the outside, and Kenny Omega goes down on one knee and starts slapping the mat with the Terminator theme, and the crowd starts clapping, and Yujiro Takahashi was telling him not to do it, you know, probably looking out for the knee and didn't really want him to take out uh, Tamatonga, even though he came out with Omega and Bad Luck Fale and uh, Chase Owens came out with uh, Tamatonga. But when Omega ran, he did his Tope Con Hilo and he took out everyone. Uh, I even hit Fale, though Fale just kind of stood there. And uh, I noticed, though, how the Bullet Club was doing this. They. They all kind of fell to the ground, then Fale was looking down at Omega and checking on him. So even though he was out there with Tamatonga, it was very clear that Fale was concerned about Omega. So they got back into the ring, and Omega hit uh, the V-trigger a few times, uh, then he went for one and Tonga hit a spear, Tonga hit a Pele kick, and then Omega responded with a few more V-triggers, went for a one-winged angel, but Tonga countered with a Tongan twist, which was awesome. Uh, that was a great, great spot. Uh, then Tonga went for the gun stun, uh, but Omega uh, lifted him up, blocked it. I think he hit another V-trigger. No, uh, he hit the uh, Snapdragon suplex, and then uh, picked him up and hit a one-winged angel and got the win. So Kenny Omega got the win here. This uh, made me, so far in this card, two for two or a two for four. I was wrong about Kojima beating Yano, and I was wrong about Juice beating Evil, but I was right that Suzuki would beat Sonata, and Omega would beat Tamatanga. So with this, we went into the main event, and this this match was outstanding. 
there's a reason why the other matches were a little bit quicker, because this one was going long. It almost went the full 30 minutes. It almost went to a draw. And it was uh, Kazuchika Okada against Michael Elgin. My Canadian boy, Big Mike! And this started a bit slow, like a typical main event New Japan match. But it was very clear this was going to be something special very quickly with how they were going with each other. Elgin used a bunch of power moves on Okada. Okada was using his speed and trying to overpower him at times, too. But one of the craziest things I seen was uh, he sent Elgin to the corner, ran at him, and went to dive for uh, like an elbow into the corner. And Elgin caught him in midair and hit a German suplex, which was so awesome. Uh, Elgin went up to the top rope. And Okada fought him off, and uh, they kind of exchanged forearm shots, and Okada came back uh, with, what was it that he went for? Let's see, he went for an elbow at the top rope, but Elgin fought back, then, let's see, yeah, then Elgin hit a, or uh, Okada hit a drop kick while Elgin was on the top rope. Okada tried for a missile drop kick, but Elgin caught him with a powerbomb, which was a great spot. The crowd went insane here, and the, there was a lot of back and forth after this, a lot of false finishes. Every false finish, the crowd believed Elgin was winning, and the crowd went from cheering for Okada to cheering for Elgin very, very quickly, because Elgin looks so great in this match. And uh, he, they kept exchanging German suplexes and blows and clotheslines, and like they couldn't just top each other. Then uh, Elgin put uh, Okada up and hit a... A cross power bomb for the pin, or uh, like a bad luck fall, or a razor's edge into a power bomb. Uh, then, a Elgin went for the deadlift superplex again, but Okada escaped. Uh, Okada or Elgin launched himself off the top rope. Uh, Okada countered with a drop kick, went back onto the apron, and then uh, Elgin tried the superplex spot again. And he stand, He instead went to the very top rope and pulled Okada up there, then hit a gigantic superplex for a huge pop. Uh, Elgin hit the buckle bomb and went for an Elgin bomb, but Okada escaped. Uh, Elgin then hit another power bomb, then went for the burning hammer, but Okada landed on his feet, then hit a rainmaker, and then one more. Uh, Elgin hit some more shots. Uh, he also hit a somewhere in here a devastating lariat on uh, Okada. It just looked so awesome. He also countered the uh, Raymaker with a lariat of his own. And then Okada, though, powered through and hit a tombstone and then hit a Raymaker for the 1 2 3. What a great match. Uh, if this isn't five stars, it's going to be close. This was a truly great match. One of the best matches of the G1 so far. Michael Elgin looked amazing. If they are not considering resigning him at the end of his contract, I think that just changed. And Elgin kind of put himself right up in the top conversation, even though he didn't win this match. I thought he might win it so they could set up a title shot for him down the line, but I fully expect after this performance he's going to be getting a, a, a another push, or at least being resigned. So, the standings are as follows. Uh, if you heard a meowing there, that was my roommate's cat. He must have known his brethren, Daryl Takahashi, died. And he's here looking for attention and comfort because of it. Uh, let's see, in the A block, Tetsuya Naito, 
is with four points. Goto is with four points. Zack Sabre Jr. has two. Yoshihashi has two. Bad Luck Fale has two. And hopefully still only two after the next show. Tomohiro Ishii has two. Kota Ibushi has two. Hiroshi Tanahashi has two. Yuji Nagata, zero. Togi Makabe, zero. And in the B block, we have Kenny Omega with four. Kazuchika Okada with four. Tamatanga, two. Sonata, two. Juice Robinson, two. Evil, two. Minoru Suzuki, two. Michael Elgin, zero. And Satoshi Kojima, zero. So, that has been night four of the G1. A very good show with a devastating tragedy. Poor Daryl. I, I don't think I'm ever going to recover from that unless they somehow bring Daryl back. But I felt so, so sorry for Hiromu Takahashi. He, in my mind, is always going to be a babyface after that. So, that was the G1 show. And uh, we'll play Hiromu Takahashi's theme song again to uh, fade out the podcast and as, uh, to honor our good friend Daryl. And so... We'll talk to you again after day five once I get to watch it, hopefully tonight. Have a good night.